Hey, folks, I need to take a couple seconds to thank my supporting companies. Multibar Rod Racks, Uncle Lou's Tackle, Port Barrington Marina, and the newest one, Amped Outdoors. They make lithium batteries. Check them out. Thank you to those companies for support. You guys are the greatest. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie Podcast. My name is Mark, and today's guest is Chewy. Chewy, is it Godinez Jr.? Yeah, Godinez, yep. Godinez Jr.? What's going on, Chewy? How are you? You're good, and you? Good. Chewy is a, a host and proprietor of Old Carver Bait and Tackle and the Old Carver Fishing Podcast, correct? Correct. That is correct. I'm also owner of Stub Custom Baits and uh, owner of all of Luke Hedges' rights. <laughs> He's buddies with Luke. Luke is on his podcast with him. I know Luke spends a lot of time up there in the bait shop up in, in Minnesota. And that's that's located in Carver, Minnesota, correct? Correct. Downtown Historic District. Uh, we see we got more people coming here. We got Dead Sea Pirates Fishing, De- Double Hook Angling. What's going on, bud? Uh, I saw somebody. Oh, there he is. Troy, Real and Virtual Outdoors. What's going on, Troy? How are you doing, sir? Um. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. How d- tell me about like your your humble beginnings in fishing? Because you're not you're not a native Minnesota resident, are you? No, I was born in Anthony. I was born in El Paso, Texas. Um, I was raised in the suburb um, Anthony um, Anthony Calton Anthony, Texas, a small town um, right on the border between Texas and New Mexico. So that town is actually split in two. Uh, there's Anthony, Texas, and Anthony, New Mexico. Um, was born there, uh, was fishing from day one. Uh, my father was really, really an avid fisherman, um, fishing, you know, the Rio Grande and all the, uh, ditches and streams that come off of that. Um, that's what we had. And, uh, yeah, I was always, always involved with the outdoors and sports. Yeah, that always amazes me about that part of the country, how you guys can fish in, in, in ditches and literally, uh, uh, be as big of fanatics as anybody else in, in in other parts of the country. Oh yeah, no. Every Sunday, every Sunday was a morning fishing trip. Um, we'll come back late in the evening, and it was a whole day of just hopping to different parts of the the canals out there in uh, Santa Teresa, um, out on the outskirts of the country club in El Paso. I mean, it's just we're just everywhere, just looking for channel cats and even carp. You know, anything that we can catch. Uh, to make it a day, and uh, just like everybody else growing up in that time, you know, what you caught was what you're going to eat, so if you wanted to eat, you better pull something in, or you're going to get the small part of it. Yeah, we touch bases a little bit about stuff like that backstage, and we'll definitely get into it. Um, yeah, I remember Sundays being the, the day where the whole family would go out to the lake, and me and Grandpa and a couple of my cousins, we'd be out there fishing. It, it, it was an event. It was family time. It was it was, it was was a little different than it is now. It wasn't so much a sport as it was a, a, a bonding experience, a, a way to put food on your table. Uh, a lot less people back then. Fishing wasn't as pressured, so it, it's understandable. Um, yeah. uh, I also always like to say responsible harvest, folks. If you're going to keep some, keep some eaters, uh, whether it's catfish or or, or walleye or, 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 well, crappie. You can pretty much keep a, a lot of crappie and bluegill. So we're, we're blessed with those. 
so you'd mentioned your, your, uh, um, tell us a little bit about your bait shop. I know, uh, Luke was telling us about that one night. I think it was either on Panfish Nation or my show or, or, or many of the other ones that I've been on with him. Yeah. So the decision was made to, uh, move on, um, from, um, um, from the place where we're at and uh, just, uh, open up, uh, another shop that was going to cater, um, to what we've always heard is river, river, river rats. Uh, which was uh, really, uh, uh, really way off from where, I'm, from, from where I was at the point because I was more known for lure making, uh, you know, not really for fishing rivers. Um, so we decided to take that on, and um, thankfully it's all paid off. It, it really paid off. I mean, every year we, we grow more and more. We see more and more people come in, um, and, and the community has really responded to the fact that we have completely devoted it to a river shop. Um, we get um, we get that we get we, we get thanked a lot for that, uh, but the decision was made, um, and uh, so far it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, river rats are a different breed. Uh, at least the ones I know are, and I like to consider mine myself that too. I'll, I'll fish lakes every now and then. I'll admit I'm not a big uh, 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 bass fisherman. I'll go after smallmouth bass a couple times a year. But other than that, my bass experience is bycatch while I'm bait fishing. So I got a nice one yesterday, Chewy. I got like a four-pounder. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> four-pounder on a one-inch Berkeley gulp. Wow. We're, uh, I'm fortunate enough that uh, um, a lot of the ponds around here is where uh, – are you familiar with the, the Guggins and John B.? Yeah. John B. grew up right here. We, when. Okay. Uh, I hear stories about people chasing him off of their spots all the time. <laughs> poor kid. He, he, well, he isn't poor anymore. He's done pretty well for himself. But I think he used to get a lot of grief for uh, uh, filming out here and, 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 and showing off a bunch of spots. That a lot of people get yeah. uh, a lot of people get uh, uh, we're getting hurt by that, but they seem to get over it. Now they're all his biggest fans and talk about how they used to see him on the banks and stuff. So go figure you got to weather the storm sometimes. So how did you, uh, this question is something I've been meaning to ask you. How did you move uh, to Minnesota of all places? <laughs> so that I'm, trying happened, to, uh, I'm trying to get away from the cold. You moved to it. <laughs> well, my father got transferred uh, to general. He We worked for General Mills and okay. um, the facility that we were at was um, going to uh, shut down. So my father transferred to the General Mills um, here in Minnesota, and um, I ended up following them. Um, um, there was nothing really for me to do down there. Uh, um, I didn't want to start over with the company that I don't know nothing about. I had just learned how to run, how, how to work where I work in my environment. And um, um, we, I talked with the wife, and back then it was just me, my wife, and my first son. And I said, hey, why not? So we came over, and um, we ended up staying and, um, I think he set it up pretty well. Set it up pretty well. Um, for uh, he he when he where he moved here in the town of Shakopee, mm -hmm. uh, there's two lakes here in town. They're like about two miles away from the house. So um, I remember when we got here, uh, a couple of days after we got here, uh, he uh, he said, "You want to go fishing?" I said, "Sure." He says, "All right. Well, it's about an hour away, um, so so we need to leave early." So we ended up leaving. It ended up being just five minutes away. So then I'm looking at this big lake that I only I've only seen a lake that big on TV and Bill Dance's um, TV show on Sundays. 
Uh, I never experienced a lake or a river fish out of a lake. So first cast of Northern Pike, um, didn't know Northern Pike had teeth. So, I, of course, I, I mouthed it, lifted it up, almost took my thumb. Um, for the next five years, whatever, it didn't matter what size Northern Pike I caught, it was going to keep my lure because there's no way I would even put them in the boat. I was just scared of them. But um, after I got into the bass fishing, uh, it's just, it's just, it, it was like, why, why are we going back? Why are we going back to the desert? Um, there's water here all year round, everywhere. <laughs> we don't have to wait for the chilies to get uh, irrigated or the onions. Uh, we got water here year round, so well, what's the point? I mean, this, this is what this is what I love, and and we just ended up staying at. It, it was a different experience for us, you know. Experience experiencing the four seasons was just is beautiful. It was just, it's great. I mean, yeah, I I, I want to I need to give a big shout out to. Triple City Anglers with the four ninety nine dollar a sizzling super chat. Appreciate you guys. You guys are doing good work. Make sure you check them out on Facebook. Triple City Anglers. I know that they got a whole new. Uh, uh, well, they got restocked on all of their uh, uh, spooks. So check them out on Facebook. Go ahead and post your. Somebody post their link if you know what it is. I think the person behind that username probably has rights to post links, but. If you want to come back into that post, it that works fine. So yeah, I, I don't know if people understand how much water is in Minnesota. How many lakes? They call it the the uh, state of ten thousand lakes, don't they? Yeah, ten thousand lakes. You know, any little pond, any little uh, spillway is a lake. So if you count those, and you look, you're looking over eleven thousand lakes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah uh, it's just incredible. I mean, where I where I'm at, I probably got about thirty lakes within an hour away from me. I wish I had that problem. You know, it's just, it's just great. It's just, um, so yeah, I get, but I do get that a lot though. Why, why, why would it come to the cold? And it's like, you know, I'm living life. Do, do you, do you ice fish? I did, I did ice fish a lot, but um, for a while there, I, I take, I took on some, um, another, I was involved with another deal that limited pretty much a lot of, of things that I was doing. So, uh, that was one of the things that I just didn't have time for anymore. Um, and this is probably the first winter that we are planning to be out. I, mean, I already talked to uh, even my brother and see, uh, go get some suits and stuff so that I can start going. Um, I always tell Luke that I'm afraid to ice fish, but I was always one of those early, early ice guys. I was out there hoping not to fall through because um, all that to me was new. However, the first time that I saw, the first time that they did take me on the ice uh, we were cruising with some friends, and we got off the truck, and they just said, "Be careful that you don't slip and fall." Um, I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, and then I realized, like, you know, these guys are out there with these holes, you know, and on the ground, and they're pulling fish out. And finally, I asked one of their friends, "I says, hey, where are we at?" He says, "We're at, we're in Lake Odell." I go, "You mean we're in Lake Odell?" He's like, "We are in Lake Odell. We're gonna ice fish." And I swear, I as as fast as I could possibly move, I went all the way to the shore and I stood there and I, it took me a while for me to understand that it was safe because I saw all these vehicles on the ice and that to me was strange and it seemed dangerous, but it really did scare me for a long time. It just um, doesn't make sense. And, and when you think about it, it doesn't make sense until you've done it a bunch. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. agree with you there. And, and we watched, uh, I remember back home in, during Thanksgiving, they used to always play um, Grumpy Old Man. And we used to see that movie, but we never understood 
we never we never put two two together that hey these guys are fishing in these little houses on on a frozen lake. We, we just didn't understand what that was about, and it's, I told my dad, you know, it's kind of stupid that we <laughs> we're watching this movie and they're ice fishing, and we don't even know what they're doing. We just know they're pulling these fish out of these holes, but we've never seen that before. It's that's something new. Even when I go back home and I show family or you know family pictures of what we're doing with this ice fishing. Even they don't understand. Like they don't understand how that's possible. I said, "How are the fish are alive? Aren't, why aren't they frozen?" And they come up with all these questions that, you know, it's just it's just funny. It's just a totally different culture. Well, what what you need to get into? Your, well, not you, but what what people need to to understand is you're not really uh, uh, the ice isn't holding you up. You're basically floating on it. If you you can set something, you can have a glass full of ice water and set something on top of the ice, it's going to float. It, it really is. It's no different than having a floating dock or a boat out there on the water. You still absolutely got to be super safe because you can walk between the cracks and 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 and, and definitely fall through. So it it's 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 yeah. the physics is a lot different than what people think it is. It's yeah. an illusion. But yeah, we get we get a lot of calls in the shop sometimes. Well, they'll I'll call and ask, "Hey, how's the ice? How, how safe is the ice over in uh in uh, uh Minnetonka? It will be like." It's not safe. Really, I saw a lot of cars out there, and it says, yeah, there's cars out there, but it, I'm not going to tell you it's safe. You go out there, and you find, you know, you if you see cars out there, then, hey, maybe it's okay for you to get on the ice, but I'm never going to tell you that the ice is safe. The ice is never safe. Yep, you're absolutely right. Tackle Box Mike says the Minnesota uh, the Minnesota River runs uh, by the town of Carver. How do you think the river is doing since being so low from last year? Not not that great. Um, we just had a catfish night on Saturday where um, we have that catfish league going on. And, and um, compared to last year's um, um, numbers, um, um, it, it wasn't it doesn't even meet half of what was caught in total. Not entered, but in total catches and weights as well. I mean, but la- this time last year, we were pulling 40 pounders out of that water. Um, this last week, I think we topped that 32-pound 30, flat. So it's just not the same. I think it's really it's 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 really putting stress on a lot of anglers. I mean, we have some really premier anglers that are top dogs here locally, and some of them zero, not even a shallow cat. It's mm-hmm. totally zero. So, and and you mentioned a league. You want to tell us a little bit about your uh, catfish league that you guys do over there? Yeah. So what we do is we run a catfish derby that this year turned into a league, but. Pretty much, it's just uh, every two weeks we 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 um, hold a, a, a twenty-five boat um, catfish uh, tournament. Um, anybody can enter it, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, what you do is um, you just send me a picture of you weighing your fish. I mean, a video of you weighing your fish. Show your marker, and then I I next day I spend the whole day uh, adding it all up, and and um, and then I'm determining who the winner is going to be. But um, We've seen a lot of interest uh, from last year. I think we went from maybe 11 teams tops um, this year. We're seeing about average between a 17, 18 team showing up. Um, the thing is, is that we're actually seeing more people involved with it. It's just they never go out at the same time. So we haven't topped that 25 boat, daily boat, but we, we're, we're getting more and more people interested. I mean, at this time, we had a guy come down, um, we lived two hours away just to fish it this one time. Hey, you might get somebody come up there all the way from Chicago to do it one of these weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to come up there and hang out with you guys and and maybe p- at least get one fish. 
uh, posted and sent to you, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be cool because if you get one fish, that's a lot more than what Luke's been getting lately. Uh oh. Speaking of Luke, he says, Tell me about the bass fishing and how great they work for bait, Chewy. I'm not even going to answer that, Luke. I'm not even going to acknowledge you this whole podcast. How's that? Uh, look at him. You got your own troll in in chat already. Now, Luke says, I wish he talked as much in our podcast. <laughs> it would be running the cameras and everything else. Maybe I would. Uh, no, the bass fishing is uh, the bass fishing. I'm getting, I'm excited because I have, I do plan to go out and, and for the fall. Um, I'm a big top water guy, and we designed um, four different bus baits um, that we really want to try. So I'm excited. I, I'm hoping to catch those four or five pound mules, and I will be releasing them back in the lake, and you will not be using them for bait. <laughs> uh, he says, "Don't listen to him. I'm third overall." I know that Tara, who's in chat, she was also. I know she had a post somewhere. I read somewhere that she was happy that she got on the, got on on the board with with some fish that she's been chasing. So, yeah, you know, I tell the guys, um, no matter what size you catch, no matter how, even if it's a pound, two pounds, um, turn it in because you're gonna have a night that you might hit that 100 mark, and that might put you on top. Because I've seen we've done other tournaments previously. Um, this is like six years back where. We did the catfish league, um, and this one guy um, was only uh, um, he was on top by forty some pounds. Decided not to fish the last day because he thought there was no way anybody was going to catch him. They ended up this guy ended up going. I think he ended up beating them by eight pounds. Um, this guy that we was just having bad luck. I mean, this guy Mark for the last two weeks that of the of the league he was not he was just nothing. I mean, he was really frustrated. He would call me and say, hey, Chewy, I don't know what to do. I don't know where else to go. I'm not. I'm just not catching anything. Um, and he ended up going that night, and he ended up passing this guy by, I think it was like six, seven pounds, something like that. Now, the funny thing is that the guy that was – I'm not going to mention his name in case he listens, but the funny thing is, is that this guy, Mark, if he caught a six-pounder, he would not turn in the weight. Why? A lot. Because it was a six-pounder or a two-pounder or a three-pounder. And there were some nights that he wouldn't even top four fish. But if, if I, the way I see it, if he would have, in, in the last four days, if he would have at least turned in those five-pounders, he would have still won, even though he didn't fish the last day. Yes. Yeah, I just, it, just, it, just, it just blows my mind how they won't turn in. And that's why I tell everybody, if it's a pound, even if it's three ounces, Turning the weight. You never know. It adds up That's in the end. Pound, ounces equal pounds. Pounds equal wins. That's pretty much how it goes, right? Yep. So is it what 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 is the rule? Is it total pounds caught? Is it best three? Is it numbers? What is it? It's the best four. Um, you can it's the best four out of um, two species, flathead and channel cat. Um, so it's the best the top weights of whatever species you have. So you get you can catch as many as you want. Um, I'm only going to count the four top weights, um, and it doesn't matter if it's all if it's four channels, it's four channels. If it's four um, flats, it's four flats. If it's a combination of both, then that's what we go with. Um, which is a lot. I think this is a lot better than last year. Last year we had um, most of the nights were just flathead, and then I think we had two or three nights that were just channel cats. Um, 
So this, this, I think this one is a lot better because now you have to think about it because in Minnesota, you can only fish with one rod per person. So now you got a two-man team. So now they got to think what strategy they're going to use. Are we going to go for channels in the beginning and then move to flats or are I going to fish flats and you're going to fish channels? And then you know, there's the guys that still, same thinking, uh, straight flatheads, don't care for the channel cats, even though um, they can be putting in, you know, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. Um, they'd rather not enter that way because uh, they just want a flathead. Well, I mean, you, you can want, well, that's right. You, that whole one rod thing is kind of, uh, it, it definitely is going to come into play in your strategy and stuff. I mean, yeah. I was supposed to fish a tournament on Saturday night. Uh, weather got uh, uh, got in my way. Kind of glad I didn't have to fish it, though, Chewy, because I'd have gotten spanked. But that's another story. We can talk about that later. There's a lot of good fish on Brian B's channel caught that night. It was a midnight tournament, and they, they had a lot of fun. I helped them host it. So make sure you check out Brian B Catfishing. You can rewatch that, and he does have another one coming up. So if you're listening on a podcast, you can just look up Brian B, as in the letter, catfishing on on youtube and and check it out he's got the second the third and final part where the champion from the bank tournament and the champion from the boat tournament go head to head they're working out the rules as we speak it should be a a a cool night i'm looking forward to checking that out and i do need to thank my buddy jeremy over at creole catfishing for the 4.99 four dollar and 99 cent sizzling super chat says paying my late fee been a long day i'm with you I'm with you too, Jeremy. Thanks for coming in. I see Dave Allovers in here. What's going on, Dave? How you doing? He was my guest last week. That was a great show. Uh, I just posted that. That podcast will be, uh, if you're watching here live, that podcast will be available tonight after this show at 9 o'clock on all the big podcast platforms. I'm uh, posting uh, podcasts a, a, a week after they post or after I record them live, so uh, check that out there. Uh Cool. So, yeah, that Catfish League sounds really cool. It sure as heck beats bowling or golf. I, I tell you that. <laughs> it does. It does. And, and, you know, these guys are so devoted to it. Uh, it's insane um, just how, how, how much they, they like this. Um, they like being part of something. They like that competition. Um, you got grandpas and grandsons. You got dads and kids, you know, their kids. Uh, it, it's just it's just great. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's all about the competition. It's not really about the money. It's just about the competition. It's those bragging rights, you know. Yeah, no kidding. The bragging rights is something. People live for that stuff. <laughs> um, Dave all over. He says, How deep um do you fish for flatheads in your river? You know what, Dave? I'm gonna be honest with you, I do not fish for flatheads. I I've never targeted a flathead. Uh, but I when I've gone out with my brother in law who does target them. Um, he's a bank fisherman because he's like me. I definitely won't get on the boat on the river because we're scared to. Um, he he, where he fishes, it's a, at the most is about six feet deep, and he's pulled out twenty pounders this year so far. He I don't think he's ever broken at the thirty pound range, but it's about twenty pounds, and he fishes pretty close to the bank um, just because he's seen other other people do it. So he, to him, even even catfishing is new to 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 my brother in law. But that's where that's where he targets it. It's about six feet to it's around six feet up deep um, where he targets, and usually he'll go um, right off of the the two creeks that are outside there where, where the beach up is. Yeah, Luke, Luke kind of chimed in, and and Luke does pretty much uh, base himself out of your tackle shop, doesn't he? That'd be probably one of his home bases for fishing, I, I'd assume. Yeah, 
he's saying he's he's anywhere from two to fifteen feet. And I know yeah. that uh, um, Dave all over Dave uh, uh, fishes shallows as well too. Though you guys would be surprised how close to the bank and and how shallow water you can catch them in. So. Uh, and when I, we go, when I and I do fish for shallow cats. When I when I we went out for shallow, we went out shallow cat. We went out bullhead hunting, um, and um, we ended up coming upon uh, uh, um, this. Uh, we were catching um, shallow cats, about twenty inch twenty inch shallow cats. Right, I mean, we must have had a school or something. We were getting them like right 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 after the other, and and I know that right there. It's it's only three feet deep. So uh, that was the first time I've ever experienced um, catching so many shallow cats with corn. Yeah, they love corn, man. It's it's underrated for a bait. You you're gonna pick up some carp and stuff, but I I can tell you right now, I I fish with a gentleman who, uh, or I fish a spot where a gentleman who's a big carp guy fishes there. He uses yeah. corn, and he gets he gets just as many cats as he does carp every time I'm there. So they'll yeah. they'll, they'll eat it. They're they're. They don't care. Channel cats—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're good about that. So you can put—you uh, can put a piece of sausage or chicken on there, and a channel cat's going to definitely eat it. So yeah, I, I tried all those—all those baits, you know, the Jello with the weenies and all the little chicken livers, all that, and, and they work. But I mean, it's—it's it's, if you find them and they're there and they're—they're going to hit it, they're going to hit it. But mainly, when I ever fish channel cats, it's always been with corn. It's always been the corn. That's the way I just grew up. Luke wants to know, he says, I just want to know when Chewy wants to go one versus one in soccer. First of all, your legs are about three feet long, Luke. He's not going to catch up to me. And he never, I think he never played the sport. <laughs> I used to be in soccer league when I was a kid, too. It was pretty pretty good. It was the, 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 the Polish-American club, and we actually took the championship, but that was a long time ago. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I'd be out of breath at 50 yard line. I'd be like, oh, we're done. But a friend of Freddie Juarez that just uh, was, uh, just transferred to a Portland Timbers, at, I mean, uh, uh, Portland um, as an assistant coach in MLS. So congratulations to him. Very cool. Soccer is a big sport, but fishing is bigger as far as I'm concerned. Most soccer players fish. At least I know a lot of the other ones. We would have a. Uh, uh, like the picnic every year, and it'd always be like lakeside, and the whole every darn Polish person in that place who had their line in the water it was yeah, but that's a long time ago. Uh, Luke yeah. says I'm taller than Chewy, and he still talks smack. It's he's well, he's got to take advantage. He's on the high ground. He's on screen, and you're not for once, Luke. <laughs> uh, so well, tell me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your bait shop. Well, it is a four. Um, 400, um, it's a 400 square feet shop. It's a real small shop. Um, we picked that area because it gave that old school beach shop feel. Mm -hmm. Um, and another reason why we also chose that area because there was bigger areas that we could have, you know, rented out for this. Um, we picked that because we can't go crazy with hype. Um, we can only stock what we know is going to work and what we know we can recommend. So we, we were very aware of what we were doing. Um, uh, we cater right now, we're 100% devoted to river fishing. Um, I know that I probably uh, pissed off a couple of the bass fishing guys that I'm not producing much uh, baits at the moment. But um, next year, we'll go back to focusing um, back on, on the, all the custom bait stuff. I do got a lot of lineups coming in. Um, we got some friends from Spain that are going to send a lure line. 
We got some friends from Italy going to also send a lure line. And um, a guy from Ukraine that makes these uh, sweet um, eight-inch um, um, swim baits for bass uh, that will also be part of the lineup for next year. Um, baits are um, baits are fantastic, and, and these are all connections from the time when I used to publish Custom Baits magazine. Mm-hmm. So these are all people that I met when we used to interview them for the magazine. Um, so and we have other people that we want to line up that are more local. Um, right now, we we have one specific. Uh, um, um, uh, company uh, called um, Ramsey Baits that make the coolest um, Senko worms you can you can you can see you can never fish. I mean they're just the coolest. Um, they make these cool baits and they're uh, our our only exclusive um, um, old carver um, um, bait uh, custom baits um, guy that we we have this for the lineup since we opened up pretty much. Uh, but like I said, we haven't really devoted. I haven't really devoted to the custom baits uh, for fishing for pike and muskie and bass because we just. We just wanted to devote all of our time to to, to the river rats and learn um, how, well, you know what they need, their needs, um, and make sure that we can um, um, help them out with, with the gear that they need. Cool. And you oh, said the magic word musky. There's some high dollar baits involved in musky fishing. I know that for a fact. Yes, and it's real time consuming. It's a lot of. I mean, I did last year. I did make uh, new models of spinner baits and inline baits. Um, that um, we did test out that will hit production for next year. Um, and some guys, like, and I get a lot, I get, I get asked a lot, like, why can't you just produce you know, a couple for the shop? And I tell them it's because um, when you start producing baits, you want to produce a big batch. Um, if you produce a big batch, um, you get a lot of them done. The quality is the same. And it's a lot better than doing 24 of them. Because sometimes something goes south when you do the next 24, and it might not work the same. Yeah, but I got a good quality control because I haven't really produced them to put it out there. So I really got to be careful with what I put out. Uh, so right now, everybody that's fishing my beats right now are just people that are doing it for me, kind of field staffing for me, mm-hmm. and, and giving me that feedback. Um, and um, so, you know, and, and musky baits, they are expensive. And there's a lot of time and a lot of detail, a lot of airbrushing that goes into them. Um, it's and that's another thing that I, I just haven't had time for um, taking care of the beach up and, and, and also uh, uh, um, being on top of the podcast and everything else. I got to give a big shout out to Justin over at Justin's Fishing Fetish. He's been a member for five months. He says, can't wait to come fish with you. Yeah, I can't wait for that too, Justin. That'll be a good time. We'll have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we got a, um, we got a pretty a uh, hardcore musky uh, um, group of guys up here on the Fox River. And uh, uh, my buddy Tony Krizak, he's a good dude. He makes the musky baits too. Um, but they've been chasing them for a while. Some of them do pretty good. I haven't seen that many huge monsters like up north. I mean, when I was a kid, we were up in, uh, where was it? Hayward, Wisconsin. I think they call themselves the musky capital of the world. They got that big 50-foot tall musky that you can walk up and do. But uh, the musky guys are fanatics. But then again, I give all the guys that are musky guys here a lot of time. I ask them why they don't fish for flathead. They're like, why would we fish for flathead? I'm like, flathead or musky, you got to put your back into And they never like that. They really hate when I tell them that. I've hooked up into some muskies, and I've been pretty sore um, bringing them into the boat. They're they're, they're a tough fighting fish, and you do not want to catch one when you're, you know, you got a seven-foot, six-foot rod. In your, in your hand and, and fighting that as well 
Um, a lot of, you know, I, I found out that if you don't got the right rod for the muskie, uh, that rod's going to be twisting in your hand a lot. And it's going to, you're going to be pretty sore. If you're casting all day, the only thing I, I haven't really been that hardcore muskie fishing, but I've been casting for, for kings on, on off the shore. And, you know, six, six hours of, of nonstop casting, it'll, it'll beat you up. I don't care who you are. It, yeah. it'll wear you out just if it's not if it's not the constant cast casting it's just having to stand there and and and, and get through all of it but a lot of it's worth it dave all over says make me a white sucker artificial and i'll buy uh and i'll buy it to fish for flatheads with well people do catch flatheads on artificials anybody up there catching them with your stuff you know we used to make um for down for some guys, some guys in the south, they used to make these big uh, eight-inch swim baits that they used to use, kind of like a shad swim bait, very just simple bait. Um, and we used to we used to send those a lot down there to a beach shop that was by the bayou. Um, but uh, I think I haven't heard from them, so I know that the guy was pretty up in age at that time. So it could be that you know probably nobody took it over because we haven't heard anything from him. And when I call the number now, it it, it doesn't it just it just it says it's disconnected. But that's how I found out that they use these um, these um, these swim baits. These uh, um, we call them shad shad soft plastic baits. Um, they're like they still sell them. I mean, they're you mm-hmm. can find them at up to ten inches now. Um, yes. That's what they do to, to fish for flatheads. You can buy molds to make them that big at home too, if you want, if you're willing to do it. A lot of people make one off. That's why those huge swim baits aren't cheap to make because they got to be made one at a time. So. Yeah, and I get it a lot. You know, is it better for them to buy a mold? Well, it depends on the mold you're going to buy. If you're going to buy a mold that's, you know, like let's say the AI mold, you're looking at a $300 mold. Yep. Uh, how many of those can you make? Yep. How many of the molds that you're going to make are you going to use? Yep. Is it going to add up to $300? Well, you got you got people like like me that are buying it for more than just the the savings. You know what I mean? If you're gonna make an investment in, into something like that, you know, if it if it's part of your hobby and your passion, there there's other reasons for it. So there is no great, yeah. But then when they say if it's if it's when they say when the end of, when the end of the question was is it worth it, that pretty much tells me that they're not. They're, they're probably thinking that they're gonna save money when they're really not. Yeah. Uh, we gonna have. I think this is a new subscriber. Xavier says, what do you make your bucktails with? Uh, we use anything from, it depends on the size and the model that, you, that you know, that we're making, but it could be anywhere from bucktails all the way to tinsel, all the way to even fox hair, even rabbit. Um, it, it all depends on what the style of bucktail. Sean Chili with the $5 super chat. Thank you, sir. He says, now you are a quarter of the way to buying a musky lure. I don't know about that. <laughs> but thank you, Sean. I've seen the musky lures. They get up there. I've seen them go for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. They get. Yeah, we've had, I, I, you know, I make, I used to, we used to make a, a bait we call the Bandido uh, like seven years ago. And that bait at that time would, would, would run for uh, uh, $40. Which is a lot of money, five six years for a bait, and this is um, the most of the customers that would buy this bait were from California, all part of that swim bait culture. Um, now that swim bait culture is a lot bigger now. Now you got you know you got these six inch swim baits that you're buying for hundred and twenty dollars to target bass. Um, it's a totally different culture out there. I I use swim baits for crappie. I love swim baits. I love everything about them. 
you know, I've caught them on anything from four inches to an inch, and we'll see if we can't get one on something bigger. But well, that's usually long line trolling, though. Oh, this Xavier, that's Xavier Rufino. He's a local guy here. He also makes busky baits. What's going on, Ignacio? How you doing, bud? What's going on? Got to shout out the local guys, definitely. And I want to give a big shout out to uh, Ricky Solo Text Adventures. He's sharing out the link to your podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can find that link also in the description. If you're listening to this in the podcast, I'll make sure to include that link in the description. If you don't want to look at the link, you just want to go over to YouTube. You can always go to YouTube and enter in old Carver fishing podcast there and on, and on Facebook. And you'll be able to find it that way. Uh, podcast is a lot of fun. He has uh, uh guest there. He's got the local uh, group that hangs out at the bait shop, including Luke Henges. And uh, uh, they, they, they have a good time. You've had some pretty cool guests on there, including myself to be the, like the least coolest, but yeah. <laughs> who are some of the people you had on there? Well, we have Lyle. We've had um, Spencer, um, Luke, um, Katie, Koji, I think is the last name. Um, Tara was also a guest before we asked her to join the club. Uh, we had some, like, I'm missing some other ones. Um, but yeah, we had some pretty good, good guests, um, and, and these are all, you know, uh, thanks to Luke. Um, Luke, that uh, he's uh, showed us that really because before that, it was pretty much just bass, bass um, fishing, I guess. Um, yeah. We didn't really, we didn't really have that river aspect, other than Danny Two Cats. Whenever he brought it up, but um, Danny Two Cats isn't too big into social media, so um, he, you know, he just hears about people and he'll give an idea of who we can as a guest. But none of us really know him enough to interview him and. I don't really knew how to interview um, that way either. Um, so now that we got Luke part of the group, now you know we, we I'm okay with going live because we got Luke that drives this uh, while I'm over here monkeying around with the laptop. Yeah, it helps. You know, I've been telling myself I need to get a co-host or something, and I just never get around to it. So um, it's, yeah. it's it's definitely probably would be. Uh, uh, beneficial to myself, make my life a little easier. You, if you guys are watching, you see me looking over, I'm always checking chat and making sure that the connection's right and doing all of this stuff. So uh, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm not crazy and I don't have a tick, just so people know. So <laughs> I, I see that you got a, a, a catfish mount behind you. Can you tell Go us? Ahead. Is it is that that's bigger than, than Luke's, isn't it? It's better than Luke. See, Luke just caught a, a plain old blue shell. You know, I mean, a plain old blue cat, 118 pounds. Wow. Yeah, but his didn't sing like mine did. When I caught mine, he used to sing Take Me to the River. You know, <laughs> I mocked him. He, does he have a mocking catfish? No, he doesn't. I do. <laughs> Yeah, he had to go and get that for the show. That was kind of funny. That was cool. So you see, take that, Luke. He's been trolling you all night. About time you trolled him a little bit. Uh, so um, I remember um, talking to Lyle right after he was on. He was on your guys' first podcast, right, with Luke on there? Luke, yeah, Luke. Yeah, and he said he had a real good time with you guys, and I'm like, I want to be on that podcast. And lo and behold, a couple episodes later, you guys had asked me to come on there, and I had a real good time. These guys, they they mess around. It's it's more like sitting around, hanging out, talking some serious fishing while giving each other the business. So, again, I can't uh, um, stress enough to go check them out at the link in the description. So how are you liking doing the podcast? You know, I, I, I love it. Um, it's just something that we did. So just a little bit um, – a little history on that. Um, back in 2012, I was 
uh, we had a radio, like a radio station on um, on this house called Live 365. It was called, uh, um, um, I think it was called Outdoors, Outdoors Radio. Um, and it was me and a couple of guys from work that would um, go live and, and discuss anything from hunting to fishing, um, mainly like gun dogs, um, pheasant hunting, duck hunting, and then we'll go into bass fishing, it, depending on what type of season was. And then the radio station would play music all day and then replay, re-air the program that we had the whole week um, here and there. I think it re-air the program like three times during the day. And then at night, it would air the program without, you know, the sensory beeps uh, that you can hear uh, for the adult part, you know, once or twice at night. And then the whole day, people would just listen to it, just listen to the music. We had all kinds of music um, from from hip hop all the way to, to, you know, rock and roll and metal and all that, you know, all, everything that was in at the time and all the classic rock stuff. Um, and, that, and then uh, d- during that time, I also had a website called the hunting dog times that would be reports on what's new with the hunting, with the dog hunting industry, whether it be dog, dog training supplies, uh, ways to train your dog, way to, you know, show them how to do blind retrieves, how to point stuff, you know, all that stuff that goes with the gun dog world. And then we started um, Custom Beats Magazine. We had those three projects going on. Um, um, and then after that, I ended up taking an, another project that I just didn't have time for those. So I ended up selling off um, Hunting Dog Times. I think now I, can, I can't remember what they converted to, but it's it's they still have that site up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. Yeah. It's Gun, Gun Dog something. I can't just remember it. And Life 365 Radio, well, that just died. So... Um, here a couple of years ago, um, I hurt my back pretty bad, um, and I was laid up on the floor in my room for two weeks without being able to move. Oh no! Um, every time oh. family members would come in and try to move me, I would I, I would lash out at them and just in pain. And it felt like my leg uh, was hanging by a nerve. Uh, every time I moved, it felt like my legs weren't on my body. You know, just it was the worst back injury I've ever had. Um, nobody knew what was going on. I don't even think my parents knew what was going on at the time. Um, other than my wife and my brother-in-law that, that were here, um, hearing me scream all night and all day. Uh, um, finally, um, Rika got, I don't know how Rika managed to pick me up. He put me in the truck. They took me to the hospital. I must have passed out or something because when I woke up, I was in heaven. <laughs> I really shot up with whatever they shot me up with. Um, was getting ready to, I, was, I mean, if they would have called me for the next World Cup, I would have been ready to go. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, when I was recovering, um, a friend of mine that didn't agree with me taking on this other project um, kind of lashed out at me and just told me, and he says, I want you to look at this stuff that I'm going to send you because this is where you should be. This is where you should be right now. And so I said, all right, sounds good. So he sent me these links to these other podcasts and to these uh, other YouTubers and to everything else that I've been missing. Um, that I was at some way part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, some of those, some of these videos mentioned, will mention me. Um, these lure makers would mention me. Um, and I was not aware of any of that because I pretty much fell, fell off the map. Um, and uh, that's what just drove me to uh, opening up the bait shop. Um, and then again, starting with the, uh, with the uh, podcast, um, that's what drove the podcast is that um, we were really good at it. And the way we were, you know, it's like you mentioned, we're just a bunch of guys that the professionalism, it stays in some way, but then it's just a way for us to be ourselves 
it's a way of showing everybody else that other side that we have that you're going to see if you meet us in person and we're off at a bar or whatever it is, hanging uh-huh. out, we're just bullshitting. And, uh, and that's the way it was. And, and I think that for a moment, there, I think for a while there, that was kind of hard for, uh, um, kind of hard for uh, um, Luke to kind of grasp because Luke's very professional. He kind of likes that family setting, um, you know, we want our, your, you know, the kids to watch this too, but that's not really like what, what that was about. But little by little, he, he he's he's starting to dominate us. He's starting to dominate Dan Two Cats. I haven't said, I haven't heard him say too many bad things lately. So I think I think Luke's getting to Dan Two Cats. I think he's changing him in a way. So it's kind of good. But I still want I still want it to be just a bunch of guys and gals talking about what's going on and, and giving each other the business. Yeah. You know that I, I I love that format definitely, and it gets even better when it's a bunch of guys who know exactly what, what who know what they're talking about. You know yeah. when you when you get that 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 level of of experience and and, and know how, and you mix it in with you know uh, that that side order of talking smack, it it really you know you can really hit the nail on the head with with that combination. I, I think that's a good way to go, and I definitely see that in the podcast so make sure you guys check it out i see chad posted that in chat too and we have a chris godnez in chat says we had some fun adventures fishing in elephant butte and cabo lake oh caballo lake oh yeah that's my cousin chris yeah he grew up with us uh uh we grew up together down here um, we um so he was he was part of those sunday adventures uh with my uncle jerry and, and my dad and my uncle eddie uh, just going out there, like I said, anything anything we caught went. It was either going to be in the fish stew or fried, but we were gonna we were gonna eat fish that that Sunday. One time, uh, we just read some chats. What's going on, Catfish Viking? How you doing? Uh, fish. It says I'm like the principal of foul language. <laughs> 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 you know, there, I've had guys that show up to the uh, that they show up to the shop and they'll they'll talk about the podcast and um, they'll comment on Luke like, "Yeah, I didn't know Luke would. I never heard Luke talk that way." I says, "Well, good, you know, because he's being he's being real. That's that's uh, everybody's real. No matter how many professionals you see on TV that are they like, you know, there's some professionals. Don't get me wrong. There's some professionals that have other values that." You'll never hear him say, you know, not even use God's name in vain or whatever. Uh, but the majority of us, you know, we 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 have our own personalities. You know, we'll, sometimes when we show out when we're professional, like in a fish clinic or something, it's a totally different um, uh, uh, atmosphere as opposed to when we're, we're just the guys hanging out. Yeah, so, there's definitely a difference, you know, and and you know it's legit. I mean, if you want to be professional, you're going to be professional. But I'm pretty much the same person here as I am in real life, except sometimes I, I'll swear a little more, drink a little. <laughs> but but other than that, I'm pretty much the same. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, too, to be honest, which I've been kind of trying to figure that out lately. So we'll see. I did get the opportunity to meet Luke and, and Tara this uh uh, this spring, it was it was a good time meeting them. They're they're good people, and they didn't see much different. And we spent uh, quite a bit of time chatting there a couple of nights, and and, and they they're just good people. So yeah, they are. They're they're a blessing to, to us. Uh, we really really appreciate Luke and how he he just uh, you know like, like I've got to ask how did how did Luke come um, 
to be part of the podcast. It was kind of more of a did Luke just barge in now? And now he is taking over because you know he drives the intro, he drives the outro. When it was me on the previous episodes, and it's like no, uh, Luke. Um, what Luke does, he does it out of the goodness of his heart. He's a way of supporting the, the local shop. It's his way of supporting all of you guys when you guys when he answers your questions. Uh, it is not that Luke's taking over my beat shop or my podcast or anything that has nothing to do with it. Luke, um, like I said, Luke's been a blessing to us. Uh, we really admire him. We really appreciate what he's done for us. He's like my pusher. Like he'll he'll bring up an idea like the catfish days that we had. You know, we were thinking about doing the catfish day. I says, yeah, we're thinking about doing catfish days too, but I don't have time and, and we're leaving to Texas and we're coming back. And by then the season will already be start. And he says, well, we're going to set a date today. So he went right live on TikTok. He announced it. And now we have no choice but to follow through with it. And then he said, we're going to make, we're going to make hot dogs for you guys. And I says, well, I said, well, how, where am I going to get a grill to bring, you know, bring over? Because my grill at home is, it's really, it's a big grill. There's no way I'm going to carry that in the back of my truck. He's like, don't worry about that. I'm going to take care of it. And we were like, whoa, what's up with this guy, man? This, this guy is like, if that's not support, I don't know what is. So people are going to talk bad about Luke because basically, mostly because he's a YouTuber. Um, I, I, I found that out, kind of like that guy, the Guggen guy, you know, they, they expose they expose bites. They, they bring people that we don't want here. But at the end of the day, the beat shop brings people you don't want there. Yeah, it's you know it it, it is what it is. Now, if you're if you're pissing somebody off, you're doing something right. Plain and simple, yeah. you yeah. know. And and Luke is definitely a go getter, and he doesn't let anybody get in his way, which is you that know is true. Him, that's the way to be people. So I mean, that's the way you got to. That's what you got to do. So what's the name of your uh your uh not the bait shop but your actual line of baits again, Chewy? It's Stoked S T O C K E D. Uh, we went with that name. Um, the name before that was uh, Shackleby Bait Company. We had changed it from True Custom Base to Shackleby Bait Company, but mm-hmm. uh, people were not responding to the name. Um, they um they didn't want to affiliate with the name for whatever reason. Uh, so uh, we sat down with my I sat down with my brother. And uh, we were looking through some emails, and uh, my brother said, hey, um, you should use stoked. I says, why stoked? I says, that's like a surfer thing. He says, well, everybody that's writing you emails is that every time they get your baits, they, they say they're stoked, or they caught their personal best, and they're stoked. And so I says, all right, well, we'll go with stoked. So we went with stoked, and that stuck, and people responded to it, and uh, they like it. You know, and all the graphics and all the decals we come up with, it just it just, it, it fits, it fits Minnesota. If that's what we're doing. So we just did with stoked. Cool. So check out. And where can they find these baits at, Chewy? Uh, we have we still have a few in the bait shop. You can call. We 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 will we will ship um um baits. We don't ship rods and it's rod shipping was like the real weird uh real weird um deal there. Uh, but we do ship baits and we will um we can send you an invoice you pay, we'll ship them right out. Um depends on the type of jigs you want. Uh, right now we're I'm making mop jigs, which is what I showed you earlier. Yeah, why don't you um, still got the area? Yeah, so we're making the, the cool mop jigs. I don't know how well. Oh, that looks pretty good, but you can see how, how long that skirt is, which I haven't really yeah. seen yeah. like that. Yeah, this is going out to a guy in Texas um, with the Fish's Lake Fort. Um, this is uh, the uh, our football um, pro uh, hook um, five-inch skirt with a uh, 
run living run rubber, which is the thin run rubber, so it really flares out a lot when it hits the water. Uh-huh. Um, you, put a, you just put a chunk on there, you know. He uses, he uses the chunks that we make, but he bought a bunch of them, so I don't have to make those, thank God, because they're a pain. But, uh, yeah, so we made a bunch of these, and because like I was telling you earlier, the wife is the one that tells me, oh, I don't know, maybe you should move the brown over this way and <laughs> whatever. She, he always tells me, do whatever you, do whatever she tells you, because whatever she tells you always catches fish. Now what do you want? He says his football head jigs are the best on the market. See, he's giving you some <laughs> kind words this time. You must have yeah. softened him up with all the nice things you said about him. He <laughs> found the soft spot, Luke Hengish. <laughs> yeah, no, but like I said, you know, the podcast was, it's, it's not, it, it's not what we wanted yet. Um, I, I didn't told Luke at the end, it's going to be a podcast show. It's going to be like the podcast, low carbon fishing show. Um, Cause we really want to get engaged with everybody that, you know, like you're engaging, like we got that from you and Lyle, the way you engage with all the viewers, put the comments on, we want to engage that way with them, but we also want to play games and, the thing is that right now we're limited to an hour, an hour and a half tops. Mm-hmm. And with the ideas that we have, it's going to prolong that a bit. Um, so, and then the other thing too is um, Luca mentioned that we should, we should um, build a new studio. So that's in the works for next summer. We're going to build a nice studio so that, um, because we do get a lot of people um, that want to be, be in the podcast room and we have it to, to see it live. Um, that, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so I, that's we're gonna make room for people to come and watch the show live um, as we go, and then maybe have them interact um, once we get this multi-camera system down. Um, so, yeah, you guys are like, you guys and got it all set up there. You got the pro mics, the whole deal set up. You got guests in studio, um, and, and it's definitely a pretty good production. So I know you guys were having some issues, but yeah, you, you seem to have got them all hammered out. So that that's yeah. Really- yeah, learning the programs and, you know, I bought a Mac computer, which is probably my mistake because uh, it's a lot different than just the regular uh, Helipacker or any micro-upward uh-huh. uh, type computer. Learning that and, 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 and learning how to use it was, was really different for me. And learning how to do the programs and, and you know, Wi-Fi connections and all that were like a big play. And, and it was really hard. I mean, you saw a struggle a lot. Um, um, so... Once we, I think now we're in a we're in a good spot with that. I think we got an idea of what we're gonna do. It's just um, like we talked earlier. Like it, I, we really don't promote the podcast as much as we should. Uh-huh. Um, but I've had people that you know show up that um, uh, uh, they want to see the studio, and they'll actually sit where we sit, and they, I take a picture for them, and then cool. they go off. And I just think it's the coolest because it's just a simple little room. I mean, half the size of the bait shop <laughs> where we're stuck there in the corner with this desk and it looks like we're in a pack of sardines in there. And <laughs> they think it's the coolest thing ever. Just to be able Let to me stop you right there, Chewie, so I can tell the people in chat and listening out in podcast land, no, you cannot come in my house and sit in my chair. <laughs> Not allowed. On that note, let me give a shout out to Chris over at Muddy River Catfishing. He says hello, everybody. I know he was a guest on your podcast. I saw that episode. Thanks for stopping, oh, Chris. Appreciate you. Yeah, I wish I would have met Chris when I was still living down there. I bet we would have had a blast. Uh, um, yeah, I, I wish I was down there more often. And um, hopefully one of these days we get to go down there and go out and fish with him because I really like to pick his brain. Uh, he's part, he, he, he knows what I'm talking about, so it's always nice to, to be with somebody that grew up the same way he did. 
Definitely somebody you can definitely relate to on more level than one, not just being in the business, but, but has that shares the same types of roots you have. I can understand that fully. So keep those people near and dear to your heart and, and close in your circle and you, it, it'll help support you in the end. So I've been watching Chris for a long time. So I even met him at CatCon too one year. That was pretty cool. I think I got the last head of his. That's a London story. But anyways. You know, the first time that I saw Chris's uh, YouTube videos, um, it was a funny thing. I had fallen asleep, and you know how his intro has that those bird sounds. I forgot what the birds are called. I don't know, Chris. If you're starting, you can tell me what those birds are called. Uh, but that has that sound with the birds uh-huh. are singing. That's what I grew up with when I was fishing. That's what you heard all the time. So that sound woke me up, and when I got up and I, I saw, I was like. I, I see him in this small little plastic boat in a canal, and I'm like, "What? What's this?" And I'm just—I must have watched—I don't know, like 20 of those videos the whole night. Um, and I was excited. I was like, "Finally, we got a YouTuber out of our area. That's cool." You know, it just—but um, Red Wing Blackbird. Yeah. Red Wing Blackbird, Chris says. Yeah, and 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 then when we opened up the shop, uh, when we heard he had his own rods, as soon as we opened up the shop. Chris was the first catfishing rod we have um, right now. And uh, right now, um, his it, the demand for his flathead rod is insane. Um, unfortunately, he, he didn't have any in stock. He hasn't, doesn't have any in stock. I don't know when, I don't remember when you said, Chris, you were going to have him in stock, but the demand for that rod is insane. He has such a following down here. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not even funny. Not even funny. You, you, you guys that go in there, they see his decals. And they go insane. They're like, we love that guy. That guy's awesome. I still got a Muddy River catfish in a uh, sticker that I got or a, at CatCon that year on my bait bucket that I used to this very day. So I actually noticed that yesterday for some reason when I was putting bait in, in, in there or on the hook. So, And that, that was another thing I wanted to bring. Well, actually, before we move on to, to what I was just going to ask you, it's funny how the little things remind you of um, the good times in fishing, definitely. It, it's you know when you're in that whole um set of mind or or it's part of your part of your life so much things like sounds and and smells and and i know a couple of times i can recall just this summer that the way the sun was in the sky reminded me at times from days gone past and 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 you need stuff in life to remind you of the better days definitely and that's one way of connecting. So anyways, you had mentioned that Chris's rods were the first ones in your bait shop. I wanted to talk to you for a little bit about how was your conversion over to catfishing? Because you weren't, you, you really didn't sell, sell a lot of catfish gear in your in your bait shop, correct? Pretty much what we stocked were, we, we started making sinkers. So that was, you know, common thing. It's nothing new. But uh, we started, we brought in the ugly sticks in the catfish edition of the sticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we said we got to bring in something that's different, something that's devoted straight to catfish from you know somebody that you know somebody like Chris. And we brought them in, and the response to them was insane. Um, and then um, moving from there, we started moving over to Mad Cats. We started moving to other other brands that we've had and have come and gone. Uh-huh. Slime Cats, uh, Catfish Sumo. Every 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 broad brand that you can think of, we've had in the shop. And what we learned is, since we have such a small shop, um, we have limited space to what we bring in. And 
there's only four four rods that will have um, devoted space to them, which will be the Mad Cats, Cashier Fever, Hellcats, um, um, Chris's Money River Catfishing, and of course Whisker Seeker, um, which is the main top here. Um, last year, Slime Cats were um, the, the the top. Um, this year, um, I don't know what happened. It's all about Hellcats and Mad Cats. Um, so it switches. And then you got those other guys that are seeking, um, you know, black black uh, black catfish warrior rods, or they're seeking uh, those winter catfishing rods. But next year we will have tremendous uh, quantity. Um, I, I I think Luke had mentioned it before in the podcast that we did a little renovation to the shop to make more space um, for for all these other rods, and so that's what's going to uh, happen. We will bring a lot of rods next year. Um, and, um, and the good thing is, is I don't have to really devote much time to that anymore. So now I can focus on what I know, which is um, pike and musky and bass, mm-hmm. and, and start bringing that in um, so that we we meet um, the needs of all the customers as well. Very cool. Well, we're just over an hour here, Chewy. So I want to uh, wish you the best of luck in the future endeavors. You know, if you ever need anything, you know how to get in touch with me. I'll be more than happy to help you. Um, I I appreciate you here uh, uh, being on the show. Definitely. Thank everybody for watching. I do want to remind everybody that the links are in description. Make sure you go uh, sub to the uh, old Carver podcast uh, links down there. Make sure you like them on Facebook. Also like uh, Chewy's uh, uh, old Carver bait and tackle shop. Correct. Is that the correct full name? yep uh go uh like them on facebook as well and 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 show them some love uh if anybody asks how you heard of them tell them you heard from me all right guys chewy thank you thank you everybody in chat you want you have anything else you want to say i want to say uh, i just want to tell the team uh um, because we haven't really talked to them Uh, me and rico were talking the other night and we just want to thank uh danny tube cats uh scott goodman um Tara Lindsay and, and, and Luke Hedges, uh, we want to thank you guys for everything that you've done for us. We want you guys to know that we don't talk about it a lot, but we sure do appreciate everything that you've done for us. And we really love you guys. And, and, and thank you for, for doing what you do for us. Very cool. And I appreciate your, your time, Mark. I really appreciate it. This is hey, fun. It was my pleasure yeah. for doing this. This is our first uh, uh, podcast in, in years. So this is, this is pretty cool. Awesome. Hopefully it will definitely, it'll lead to many, many more. <laughs> I can't make so. that promise, but all right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks for watching. Thanks.